It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in because the runout starts now. Chris Sharma needs no introduction. I mean, dude, it's Chris Sharma. I was just talking about today because like with this buddy of mine, we were climbing in the gym and he hasn't really gotten his kids into climbing. And it's, it's, and I have a number of friends that are like that because, you know, for them climbing is there like one moment of the day or the week that they get to like be themselves, right? They can, we all need that, right? Um, and then that versus like being the whole family at the crag and you know embracing that other way of doing it, right? Um, and I was telling him this story, like I went to Oleana a couple years ago, and I uh, got there and I saw this family. They were at the cliff. They were with another couple, and they were doing it. I was like, man, this is so rad. Like, I'm so envious that these guys can pull it off, right? Like. I just don't never feel like I could be focused or just too much logistics. And and then later on in the afternoon there was this other couple there. There were like these Canadians and they had just given like they had this baby, it must have been like less than a year old. And it was like their big trip after like having a baby, you know, like the the mom was psyched to climb. She was like, I'm back. I'm in Catalonia, I'm gonna this is it. I know where the story's going. And so uh, <laughs> the husband is like belaying her. It's like, you know, just like, you know, doing a good job, backing her up, you know. And he's got his their son in his like backpack, you know, and there's one of those kid things in the back. Yeah. But we're looking over and like, she's on this super chossy route. <laughs> and we're all just like, oh man, like we can't just like sit back and let this happen. Like, like this is sketchy you know like this is honestly dangerous and so we borrowed somebody's helmet and we put it on the, the kid it was like, i was just like dude like this is this is a really loose route like you gotta at least put a helmet on the kid and and so like and so the kid starts freaking out he's crying he's got his helmet on he's not psyched at all he's like crying and the dad's like belaying his wife and she's like trying to clip and like yelling at his at the dad and like they're like fighting and like the baby's crying. I'm like, okay. All right, okay, now I see why. Uh, it's all good, like, you know. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andrew and I are pretty ambivalent about the cl- the family climbing days. Uh so you know, we dabble in it, but it's definitely like both of us are usually pretty exhausted at the end of the day and like, well, that kind of wasn't <laughs> worth it. So we're still working into it. But we went bouldering yeah, though good. the other day, right? With yeah. the kids. You guys bouldered. I think right? bouldering so. though is the way. <laughs> yeah. Bouldering right. makes much more sense, but not leaving them on top of the cliff <laughs> while you're deep water soloing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was cool though. We took a, we went on a on a boat a couple years ago and they it was so epic man we took them on a a boat trip and first we were like worried they were going to get seasick and it could have like totally ruined the day but we ended up having this amazing day with our families had this like amazing lunch at this like restaurant that you can only access by boat and then and then i went and like sent my project and my kids were like cheering for me from the (laughs) boat it was the most incredible thing ever so 
that's awesome. Everything's possible awesome. on both sides, you know. <laughs> it can go both ways. <laughs> yeah, well, congrats to you guys both in Normal Cast and the Rona. That's awesome. Super cool to see how how well it seems like it's been going. So awesome. Appreciate it, man. A while back, you, I think it was you, you did the interview with Feidelman and uh, we were cracking up about some of the stories he was telling. I thought it was kind of a special interview. Um, you know, that guy got, he, he was ready to go deep. It was a lot of fun. No, oh, Gene's this really special guy, man. He's been, he's been around and, and yeah, likewise, you know, just another, another character that I'm really grateful to have as a friend, you know, and mm -hmm. it's been cool because well, it's, it's like going way back, you know, but he, um, one of my connections to kind of like the original stone masters, you know, through Dean mm -hmm. and yeah, his, you know, he lived in Santa Cruz. And so we spent a lot of time together and <laughs> that's perfect, man. I was actually taught, I was actually talking to uh, Andrew about how we need to point out that Chris Sharma is a dad, just like we are. <laughs> Cause we're always talking about that on the, on the run out, how like dad, you know, dad life climbers. So it's good to feel this camaraderie with you, Chris, that we're all in the same boat together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, There's a lot of challenge, new challenges for for me with, you know, parenthood, having a business, you know, all this stuff. But having phone calls actually at night, you know, because it used to always be, it's like a great, usually it's a great timing to call the U.S. because I could do, I could go climbing in the daytime and then do my phone calls and stuff at night back to California, back to the U S and now it's, it's really challenging because now it's like family time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so you really have to like pick and choose which ones are really important because, you know, it's like precious time really. So it's, uh, but then like add that and then to the like barging in and, you know, lose your train of thought. And then the zoom call expires and you got to start over again. And so it's, then <laughs> <laughs> you're like, where were we? Can I pick up on something you were mentioned a minute ago? We were talking about our mutual friend, uh, Bruce Anderson, who lives there um, in Spain with you or nearby and has been sitting in your gym and you guys have become close friends. And you mentioned something about um, this idea of both of you being entrepreneurs, but coming from this kind of artistic side of life and being thrust into business. Uh, you know, Bruce is literally an artist, a, a visual artist. You know, you approach your climbing that way a lot over the years. So can you talk a little bit about that interface? You know, you're just touching on the difficulties of having a family. But what about this idea, Chris Sharma, who, you know, we all grew to know and love just hanging out the cliff, climbing all he wants. And then now you're you're this professional. So can you talk a little bit about that transition as well? Yeah, well, it's for sure. It's been a, you know, a unique period in my life this last five or six years. And I don't know, I guess like life evolves, you know, re, you know, re, whether you want it to or not. Right. And I mean, I, I've, I've tried to always just kind of embrace, you know, embrace like wherever, like my destiny takes me kind of, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. I mean, I, I, I just trip out in general and I'm just super grateful for climbing that you know, here's a, an activity that is whatever. We go out into nature and scramble up cliffs and stuff, but it's somehow, you know, been this um, this window into like so many different experiences in my life, you know, like that's how I ended up living over here in, in Europe, right? And, you know, this next step of like, you know, being a, a business owner is just another kind of expression of that, right? 
this act of climbing has actually facilitated all this, you know, other learning in my life, right? And I don't know, I, I always approach climbing as this, it's climbing is just, it's like this life journey, right? And of course, there are like pure cut, cut and dry, just us on the rock, right? But it's so much more than that, right? It like kind of like bleeds into like all aspects of our life, right? And, and that's kind of the beauty of it, right? Like all of our connections, all of our friends and relationships. And yeah, so many of our life experiences and um, lessons that we've learned have kind of are produced through climbing, right? And so for me, this is just like a extension of that. And, you know, through climbing, I've learned, you know, foreign languages and, you know, learn now I'm in this phase of like learning this whole other, you know, part of life. I, get, I imagine it's similar for, for you guys as well, right? I mean, um, this whole experience of having a podcast or being a writer, you know, it's not, you're not going climbing, right? But it's very much connected to your passion for that. And it's cool that somehow climbing has put you in a position where you're learning new skills. There's definitely like moments for me that, that are like kind of challenging for, you know, I, I feel like I've gone from having so much freedom, you know, like probably more than almost anyone, right? To basically just be like, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it. Uh, to be like all of a sudden, like very, very limited in some ways, right? Like I would say, I would say more than being a business owner though, I would say it's more about having a, like raising a family like that, that has really like changed things a lot. Uh, but certainly business side is like things that keep you up at night, you know, like that's like real life stress. And like, I, I trip out on it, like things that I do. I mean, I'm not, I'm no Alex Honnold, right. But like, you know, I've, put myself into some fairly, you know, precarious situations, you know, on the rock face, you know, especially like in deep water soloing. And I'm pretty comfortable, you know, like I can move pretty fluidly and know what I'm doing, you know, and it's just like, it feels, you know, feels comfortable. Um, and, you know, of course you take, sometimes you take bigger risks than others when, you know, in those moments, but it's like second nature. Right. And, you know, you put someone else in that position and they're freaking out. And so I very much apply that to like that whole new experience of, you know, being an entrepreneur is like, there's situations for me that are like terrifying um, that I meet other businessmen that that's just like everyday stuff for them. Like, you know, and I'm like totally like sewing machine leg, right? And it's like when you take some some non-climber you're like yeah you just gotta like you know hop across this gap right and you're like it's no big deal and you know and they're freaking out and it's like it's like for me that same thing as a business owner it's like because it feels very real in, in other ways that are you know this tool that i could you know turn it into a career and i'm very grateful for that and so for me like running a business and you know for example what we experienced in the the pandemic you know operating a climbing gym and you know, climbing gyms are great when they're open and you have hundreds of people going through them every day, uh, but suddenly you turn off the faucet, right? And like the expenses are still there, right? You have like employees and you have like rent and all this stuff. And especially we had like multiple projects going on. And I mean, it's crazy, like how how fast all those expenses add up. And yeah, it's it's pretty pretty freaky. Like I'm used to being like a minimalist, right? Like just used to like living off, uh, you know, very, very little and just be keeping it very simple. And, and this is very much the opposite. Right. And at the same time, I think it's, it's cool to, uh, you know, there's, there is one side to like, keep, just keep things simple, 
in life. But at the same time, like, I feel like life is about, you know, getting your hands dirty, right? Like life is about, you know, okay, it's, it, that's cool. It's cool. To just keep it simple and just like, you know, stay in your campsite and whatever, and just watch the sunrise and set. But, or, or another example is like, stay in your comfort zone of climbing and just do like uh 512s or 511s all day long. And you know that you've got it under control, but the real juicy parts of life are when you push yourself, right? Like when you try a, for my case, like try a 15C or whatever it is, right? Like that's when you learn new things and you're forced to like reinvent yourself and like push your limits, right? And that's, that's kind of where like the juicy part of life is, right? So I feel like, you know, on one side, I'm like, man, what did I get myself into? But on the other side, it's like super cool by embracing embracing all these things it's like you're really getting like a front row seat into like life in, in a lot of different ways you know whether that's having a family or running a business and so yeah there's moments when i see my friends just like at the crag and i like it uh makes me question what i'm doing <laughs> but at the same time i've been there as well and i know how sometimes that can be there that can be kind of an empty feeling as well um when that's all you have and I mean, there's there's a lot of beauty in that as well, and don't get me wrong, like I I dream about that all the time. But um, on the other hand, too, like I've I've been there, and the amount of pressure that you put on yourself in those situations too is really different. Like I remember my relationship with climbing, oftentimes being strained because you know there's that that feel that feeling that like that need to send something for the you know whether it's the validation of your peers or your sponsors or yourself, like there's that need. And I don't know, I feel like for me, like professionally in a lot of ways, taking that pressure off enables like a, maybe for myself, like a pure connection with, with climbing sometimes too. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. I think, you know, you don't want to take anything for granted. And I think it's, it's really great. And it is a dream to be able to be a professional climber, but at the same time, I'm sure you've known quite a few of them, and uh, I've seen my fair share as well of people that have, like, that whole process of becoming a professional climber can actually ruin their their joy for the sport, right? Because suddenly they have all this pressure, and they feel it might not even be external pressure, but they, you know, that you feel it in yourself. And I think um, for me, it was just a really like interesting and like important thing in my life to to develop like other skills besides just being a climber because for me myself like i basically was thrown in uh, maybe you could say thrust or or i chose to to do it but to be a professional climber since i was like 15 years old you know so it's been a really unique experience like doing other things and it definitely like makes you appreciate climbing in a new way so chris what's your experience now watching a lot of uh, younger climbers, the younger generation, like go and repeat some of your classic first ascents, like Paige just did um, Dreamcatcher and, you know, Realization, her biography, I guess, has just gotten repeats over the years. And I guess, you know, you're kind of in a position now to uh, just like see these iconic routes that you've put up and spent so much time on and are a big part of your identity or getting repeated by other people. It's a big honor, you know, to see people uh, value those you know those roots and that it, that's cool that it means something to them right like it's like an honor for me that to see that um that those roots have like played important roles in their 
their lives, you know, whether they watched videos of those crimes and then have gone them gone there and climbed them and those crimes have also been milestones for them. It's it's super cool to see. You know, I think it kind of touches on the idea of climbing, like how we all, you know, we're all connected in a way, right? Like I grew up, um, you know, had the fortune to, you know, grow up and I was able to climb with a lot of people that came before me, like uh, Ron Kalk and Boone Speed and Fred Nicole and all these legends, right? And had similar experiences, right? But we're all kind of connected in that way. And through these different um, milestones in climbing, you know, it's kind of this, it's kind of this lineage in a way, right? And it's pretty cool to feel connected to our sport in that way because it actually like connects us. It's like this heritage, right? That connects us like all the way. Uh, Royal Robbins and Yvonne Chouinard climbing the nose, you know. Um, I bumped into Royal Robbins climbing a long time ago when we were doing these kids camps. And But yeah, it's cool that we're somehow we're all connected in that way. And um, it's pretty special. Who do you see as being the... Uh the next generation or the next, the person who's kind of carrying that lineage on, or is there anyone in climbing right now that's kind of got, you know, turned your attention, you know, got you noticing what they're doing or if they're contributing something unique. That's I mean, there's so many amazing and super talented climbers these days, right? It's, it's like, it's incredible. It's like hard to keep track of, of all of them. Right. And you just mentioned Paige and Michaela doing Dreamcatcher. Um, and like, that's a great example. I mean, I think, you know, there's so many people it's, I, I feel like it's hard to list, so, uh, make a list. And I feel like I would leave out cer certain names. There's just so many amazing climbers out there. And of course, you know, you've got Andra and, you know, everyone, uh, I mean, just seeing, uh, you know, our local guy here, Alberto Hines winning the Olympics. But for me, honestly, like what I see five or so years, what has been the, the biggest interesting thing in climbing has been seeing the female climbing how much it's advanced right and how how like you know even it is now i think i think that's been like the biggest advance in our sport in the last five years quite a high number of women climbing just as hard or, or a lot harder than than the guys so did alberto Hines get like some kind of parade or hero's return or welcome after winning um, the olympics in spain i think he did i think he did for sure it's definitely like popularized climbing more in the mainstream here, probably more than other places because he, you know, he was Spanish for sure. It's cool to see that, how that all played out. You know, I think it was, a, I mean, you could talk a lot about the Olympics and whether or not the format, this or that, right? But to see him, like his 18-year-old kid, all of a sudden, like no one really saw that coming, right? So I would like to ask you a little bit about your climbing um, currently. You know, we've we were just talking about how in a lot of ways, you know, you fit yourself into this legacy and, uh, you know, dare I say, are, if not become, are, are becoming one of those sort of older legends, you know, in the sport. And yet I think that climbing sounds like it's still your refuge, you know, when the business gets, <laughs> gets out of control or whatever it happens to be, it still plays this enormous part in your life. And so, what do you think that you still have to contribute? You know, are you are you still climbing at a super high level? Are you looking towards other types of goals? Like, what does climbing uh, mean to you now, as far as uh, where it fits into your continuing legacy in the sport? Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm super super psyched on climbing still, and I've been kind of I've been kind of biding my time patiently. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
just because, uh, you know, it is, it, it's been like a really busy few years, basically. Mm -hmm. And with a lot of pressure, whether, you know, having, having kids, having two kids, uh, I mean, Andrew, you know, two kids is intense, man. Yeah. You guys, oh, yeah. It. <laughs> one's plenty. <laughs> Do you, you have, how old is, how old is your kid? Oh, <laughs> uh, my kid's five, but the same age as Piper, essentially. Our daughter was still in diapers when our son was born. And so I remember talking with my buddy, good buddy, Marco Menestrel, who was just here. Uh, I just had dinner with him the other night. And, you know, we were talking about this a few years ago. We were just talking about it. And he was like, yeah, I remember because he had a similar situation. He was like, that was probably the hardest time in my life. <laughs> just because like, I mean, there's so much going on. You're so tired. Like, you're just adjusting to like a whole new way of being like the priorities, like you're no longer the most important thing in your life by a long shot. Right. And it's like coming to terms with that. And then I'm throwing all the, you know, doing these climbing gyms on top of that. It just seemed like, okay, I'm not going to like put more pressure on myself right now than I already have. I feel like I have plenty of pressure on myself, you know, kind of my long-term strategy is like, look, I'm going to like stay fit climb as much as I can. Of course, if I can send something, like, I would love to, but I'm not going to, like, stress over it and just be ready so that when, you know, things start to loosen up a little bit, start to open up, I'll be in a position where I'll be able to, like, go for it, right? And that's it's kind of exciting for me now because I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? So, like, we just opened this massive climbing gym here in Barcelona, it's like the second huge gym that we built in 10 months. It's kind of crazy to think about it. And our kids are, are growing, growing up and that's always going to be like a high level of attention needed, but you know, things change and you know, it's definitely not like the, the first couple of years. Right. And so I feel like I'm starting to see that, you know, laying the groundwork with family while simultaneously starting this business is like, it's been like laying this great foundation for kind of like a next step in my life as a climber as well, you know? Because either one of those things, like it requires you to take a bit of a time out on other things, right? And um, so I'm really happy to have done this right now, actually, than have waited. Because, you know, for me, I actually felt like by the time I was 32, you know, I climbed like La Dura Dura. I'd done a lot of things that I had set out to do. I, I was, it felt like it was a, a, a moment of a point of inflection, right? To where did I want to go from there, right? And of course, I'm inherently attracted to hard climbing. I, I love it. At the same time, it was like, just look, thinking about my overall development as a person, I have this amazing project called Le Blonde. And it's literally 10 feet to the right of La Dura Dura. And it felt like as much as I would love to do this, it, it, it's not as enriching in a way. It's, I'm not reinventing myself, right? I feel like that's the really important theme for me in, in my life is that I feel like we, we constantly need to be learning new things. And climbing is very much just like a part of life. I would consider myself more than a climber. I'm just like a, a human, like living life, right? And climbing is a very important tool along that path. So you're saying going, you're going to get, going you've gotten your Passat yeah, back. World Championships 2022. But it's interesting. It is interesting though. Like I, I don't want to, I think it's in, very interesting, like how we uh, decide what we want to do with our time, especially with our climbing, because I think, you know, also it's like our 
it's totally natural, but our, our egos are all caught up in it at some, at some level. Right. And, you know, I really look up to, you know, our good friend, Boone Speed. He's someone that, you know, I've learned a lot from over the years, but to not try to hold on to what you were, right. Or, to, you know, I definitely don't want to be like the 40 year old guy that like wants to prove that I'm still like, still got it. Right. Like, I think you have to be able to like move on, let go of who you are and then recreate who you are. And, and so like, I'm super motivated for, for this next chapter in in my climbing and have some exciting things that I'm looking forward to, to get back to working on. That's music to my ears because I feel the same way that, um, I, I don't know. I think, well, we're the same age, Chris. So we have the same, and, and you know, our kids are the same age. So we're kind of in similar places in life. And yeah, one of the things that I've always struggled with is, you know, having been fitter and climbing, climbed harder, you know, years ago, just changing the relationship to climbing where, you know, you have to like lower the grade a little bit or something like that. And then somehow finding the psych to do that. Um, it's definitely like a mental shift of just being like, this is, you know, climbing's different well, now. Probably this is what it looks a, like a me. good, like rule of thumb is don't try to repeat routes that you've done in the past. <laughs> That's like a recipe for like depression, you know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but well, you know, so I like, had a, I had a whole other formula that where I never climbed as hard as I should have, and so I'm in a much better position than you guys are because I, you know, my grades were never that high anyway. So it's like I haven't fallen off as much, I think, as 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 maybe I should have at, at my age, which I'm 50 actually. So um, yeah, so the, the whole not trying hard thing actually worked out really well for me at this point. But but it's interesting for me. Like I think as we do get older, it's. Um, I mean, I've reflected on this a lot because, you know, just the position that I'm in and it is like a really interesting question. Like for me, climbing is all about pushing your limits, right? It's all about improving, progressing. And so what happens if you stop progressing? I mean, I think the interesting thing about it is that there's a lot of ways to progress beyond just holding on to a smaller hold or, you know, doing a harder number or whatever, right? There's a, there's a lot. Progression can be measured probably in a lot of different ways, like deepening your appreciation for climbing in whatever level is a form of progression, right? And I feel like that's, that's really something that's like worth like meditating on, you know? Um, at the same time, like I'm a little bit terrified by that, you know? Like I, I don't want to admit to that. I don't want to let go of that. I, I, I want to try to hold on to the belief that I could still climb 9c like i feel like i can and i, I want to keep pushing on it pushing to do that um that and other things and so but it's interesting you know interesting dynamic with some of that stuff and i have to say though on the other side of it all that whole concept of climbing and grades and this and that like i kind of hate that honestly like i, I feel like it just it's not really the real reason why we love climbing and, and we get sucked into this like really like reduced version of, you know, appreciation for climbing. Right. And I think, so for me, without a doubt, that's why I love deep water soloing. It's like so out of the box and it is like bringing in all these different styles of climbing. What, you know, it's like a mixture of sport climbing and bouldering and adventure climbing. And at the end of it, like, it's like no way to, 
to grade things. And it, so it's like totally outside the box of how we usually like evaluate achievements and super cool in that way. I feel like it's really healthy because as much as I would love to like say, you know, do the nine C like that's why not? Like certainly be happy to do that. I don't think it's like the healthiest approach, you know? And so, you know, the coolest thing about deep water solo is that it doesn't even really exist. These climbing areas where we climb at aren't even really climbing areas. They're just random sections of coastline, you know? And it only exists when you're doing it, you know? Then you come off the wall and it's just this random piece of cliff again. And I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense what I'm saying. It's just, it's very um, poetic and very enigmatic, I guess you could say. You know, it's just like or intangible, I guess. It's just like like the, the difficulty, you know, because you can have, it's basically like just finding a beautiful wall and just interpreting it as you go. You know, it's just very much just like spontaneous movement on rock. It's really funny when you try to like put that into the context of how we usually log and grade climbs. You know, we've done it before on, on sequel block guidebooks and you like put a line in, but it's so arbitrary because, uh, you know, when you have a, a bolted line or a crack or something, it may be then, but it's really, there's no rules. You can go up 20 feet and then you're like, I'm just going to go to the left for like 500 feet. And that's cool. Like there's, there's no one to judge. Like you're the only judge, like of what you want to do there. No one cares, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's really beautiful, like that. I think uh, I I really treasure that style of climbing because of that. It's just very pure and very free. And that's like one of the reasons why, like, I go every year back to Mallorca, and it like connects me with my spiritual base as a climber. Kind of like what I tapped into kind of when I was in my late teens, you know, I was um, obviously was, you know, winning all the World Cups and blah, 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 and climbing all the hardest routes. And then I suddenly I couldn't climb anymore because of a knee injury. And it really like changed my whole perspective. And I basically spent six months just climbing at this little beach bouldering spot by my house in Panther Beach in, in Santa Cruz. And some of the best climbing days of my life were there, right? And there's nothing that's noteworthy on paper that you could show from that because it's just ephemeral sequences. I mean, every every year the holds changed from the waves crashing and they would some holds would fall off and the sand level would be different every time. And so I just, I really love just that side of climbing. And of course, for me, like that's a huge reason why I ended up living over here in Spain was because of going to Mallorca and that, you know, my connection growing up in Santa Cruz, being on the ocean and then bringing those two things together in Mallorca was like the ultimate experience. A single block will always be like the, the purest form for me. So you're saying I need to move to Mallorca? Yeah. Yeah. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, you don't have to answer this, I guess, if there's any kind of red tape around your project, but I just wanted to ask you about your upcoming TV show. Basically, uh, you know, me and my good friend Jason Momoa, Aquaman. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, we um, got presented with this opportunity to do this show, and you know, it was like, all right, let's. That sounds that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. He's obviously, you know, where he's at in his career is like very, very famous. And anyways, it kind of gave us this unique platform and opportunity. Of course, you know. My expertise and who I am as well has played a role. I've had you know opportunities maybe similar 
uh, not quite like this over the years. And most of the times they don't, they don't happen. Right. And so when this has actually been in the works for like a few years and just kind of like, didn't really pay much attention to this until like it came to the point where like, Oh yeah, we're pitching this. And then a week later they're like, Oh yeah, HBO wants it and let's go make it now. And so we had kind of a rough premise, but now we're like really diving into all the details of it all. And, you know, it's essentially like a climbing reality competition show a little bit, you know, we're, we're, we're taking a cast of climbers around the world and testing them in all different, different ways, uh, all different types of climbing and, you know, trying to do something that's um, never been done before, trying to do something that's like true to our roots, that's, that's authentic and will be loved and appreciated by the you know climbing community. And, and also like for me, it's, it's a challenge, you know I mean? We're talking about like, and it's very clear, like we're not, we're not making a game show here. This is not like Wheel of Fortune or anything like that. Both Jason and I really want to share our passion with climbing. This is a really unique opportunity that we get to team up to do something together and share our passion for climbing in an authentic way, right? And so like most people probably don't know, but like I met Jace back in the day camping in Pete's parking lot in Waco Tanks, you know, like he's as legit probably are more than than most climbers right like i mean he lived climbing back in like the golden era of waco tanks before there were any restrictions he goes back that that far and so you know for him it's like a really deep and meaningful thing uh you know we want to do it right and so just kind of finding that balance of like being able to highlight our sport in that way doing it justice while also like you know there needs to be this kind of inside the 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 boundaries of you know a, a tv show that has certain like whatever we're doing a climbing competition show right and so i think it's it's going to be really unique because it's there's going to be a very character driven very documentary style shot and so it's going to be you know probably really interesting you know just the different contestants and how they you know are confronted with dif different aspects in themselves and you know we're also probably going to push them too to try to see climbing in, in new ways and so beyond like a, a competition you know the way that that we're viewing it is really like a we're all going on this climbing journey together to keep the the tempo to keep things flowing there's a little bit of a structure right but really it's it's much more than that so yeah it's a, it's another unique challenge that uh you know that climbing has kind of brought to me in a way and you know it's a it's a unique opportunity to get to continue to be a spokesman for our sport and and tell it in a in an honest and unique way so it's it's pretty cool i'm i'm excited about it while you're talking I, I was thinking about how you know you you mentioned how jason is you know hugely famous i mean he's he's at the height of maybe not the final height of the zenith but he's definitely at the height of his career um but it's interesting because of course as climbers you know we're in your corner and it made me start thinking about the support you've received i think from the climbing community because you you have a very special place in it. Um, I think you've, I don't know, you seem to have risen above any sort of real controversies over the years. And I think, I mean, you're, you're, you know, as cliche as it sounds, you're, you're probably one of the most beloved figures in climbing. Um, not just how well you, I mean, how well you've climbed, but the way you've presented yourself in the sport, the way you've, you've been a spokesperson for it. So I kind of want to ask you about that support. I mean, you know, how much has that sort of played into your longevity in in the sport as well? Sort of knowing that uh, we're in your corner, if you will, and and um, 
we've always wanted to push you, but you've established this place where you've already, you know, done these greatest things in terms of pressure. Um, we don't really have any more pressure for you, Chris, like you, you, you've made it in a way and you can kind of do what you want. So talk a little bit about that support, if you will, because I feel like it's been a major help or at least a major force in, in your life. No doubt, man. Why? Well, thank you for the kind words, man. I, I really, really, uh, appreciate it and value, you know, and I'm honored to be, you know, this privileged position that I've been in for, you know, quite a few years, right? Climbing is an interesting thing. It's it's a very personal activity, right? Very kind of selfish, right? It's very it's much about like me and my own experience. But the position that I've been able to be in or been put in has given me a, a way to contribute in some way to society. For me, it makes everything that I've done more more significant that I've been I've been able to use it in some way to like uh, inspire other people, right? Like it, I I really um, don't take it lightly, I guess, and really try to like keep that as like my guiding principle, right? And everything I do, right? Like really trying to like use, use cl my climbing as a tool for spreading positivity in the world. You know, like that's really like, as you know, sometimes I have a hard time with social media. It just feels like it's a little bit too much, you know? Uh, but I mean, my main point is just through my climbing or through my, not even climbing, but just interactions with people, right? However we, who we are as people, you know, all of us um, is kind of the, the way that we can, impact our world right uh, people around us and so uh it's interesting you know like i talked a little bit about when my i had my knee injury and i couldn't climb for a long time and i i came back to climbing in a very different headspace and i wanted to have this very kind of spiritual connection to climbing try to keep it real for myself right and when i went back to go do that that root uh, biography or realization whatever whatever you want to call it i i wanted to go back and just do it for my, for myself didn't even want to tell anybody about it. Just wanted to go there, no cameras. And my dad told me, I remember he was like, you should, you should bring those guys out and let them film you. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be about your ego. Like this, this can be a tool for helping others, right? Like you can do good in the world through that. Right. And, uh, and so rather than like treating it as like, yeah, I'm here with my film crew, you know, like, you know, all badass, right? Like using it as like a as a tool, like be try to be like a, a conduit for inspiration and positivity, and and so like that's just been my guiding principle pretty much my whole life, and and it, it's amazing, you know. Like usually that's how it works, right? Karma is kind of like that, right? It's like you put out good energy, and it, normally that's what comes back to you, right? So so I feel really grateful for everything I've the position that I've been in that I've been able to play a role in people's lives and like i mean for me it that in turn plays a huge role in my life like when i see when people coming up to me and they're like i got into climbing because i saw your video like that i don't know means a lot to me you know it really kind of like legitimizes my life you know and, and makes it more than just like yeah i did this 15c or whatever so for me like the support there or you know it's just it, i guess it goes both ways and i i uh am very fortunate and privileged and, and appreciative and honored to have been in this role and, and try to just do it justice, you know, and basically by just, you know, being real to myself and um, to everybody else.
Do you want to support the podcast and get great bonus material as well, such as our recently published Ask Me Anything or our deep analysis of the Iger sanction and its embarrassing sexist and perhaps racist legacy, or the Celebrity Deathmatch episode where we pit Momoa against Leto, or even the old stone master himself, John Long, reading his own work. Well then, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash runoutpodcast and become a rope gun today. We rely entirely on listener support to not only run the runout, but for our own self-worth as humans, too. The runout is a rudderless vessel on an ocean of spray without you. Lee Sheftel is one of our biggest inspirations. Now in his 70s and still crushing 512, Lee is proof positive that climbing is a lifelong sport, that you should never be afraid to state your opinions, and that age is just a state of mind. For today's final bit, pour yourself a glass of Beaujolais and enjoy this moving piece of music that Lee will be playing from his home in Carbondale, Colorado. This is Lee Sheftel, old school rock climber and wannabe classical piano player. I'm about to play the first movement of the Pathetique Sonata by Beethoven, and I'm going to try to do it justice, despite my arthritic fingers. And we'll see how it goes. Hope you enjoy it.
You've just completed another episode of The Runout, a podcast from the sharp end of climbing. I'm Andrew Bisharat, and I run Evening Sends, the only climbing website on the internet. And I'm Chris Kalous, host of the Enormicast, the only other climbing podcast. Please leave a review of our show on iTunes, share an episode with your friends, and follow us on social media. We should be fairly easy to find. Drop us a line, let us know what you think. My email is andrew at runoutpodcast.com. And my email is chris at runoutpodcast.com. And also, please support our show. Go to patreon.com slash runoutpodcast and become a rope gun today.